G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's turn our attention to some developments in Western Australia around the issue of decriminalising prostitution. As you may know, Christians are sometimes at odds with one another as to how to approach the idea of engaging in the public debate around the topic of prostitution. On the one hand... There's that righteous anger that arises and says any instance of prostitution degrades and puts women at risk, it's wrong, and a blanket law prohibiting human trafficking should be enforced. On the other hand, another dimension of Christian activity is no less righteous in its anger at the exploitation of women, but wants to see a better outcome in the battle against exploitation. Well, Peter Abetz has been championing a Christian position on the prostitution issue as it's being debated in Western Australia, urging an adoption of what's called the Nordic model, which has proven to help clean up the prostitution industry. Peter Abetz is a former Lower House member in WA. He is currently Deputy Mayor of the City of Gosnells. He's also the State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby in Western Australia and he's Secretary to the Adopt Nordic WA Inc. organisation. Peter Abetz, welcome along to 2020. Good to be with you. Peter, just before we get into the nitty-gritty of what the Nordic model means, just a quick one from you around the fact that it's a big issue when we talk about prostitution, and in Western Australia, as I understand it, laws that are currently in effect in WA are not enforced because the police find it hard to get convictions. It's a, it's a tough That's one correct. when the laws are not being enforced. That's right. And look, both sides of politics in Western Australia acknowledge that the legislation that's been in place for some time uh, simply isn't working uh, because basically in Western Australia, the law as it stands at the moment is that prostitution in and of itself is not illegal. In other words, a woman can um, offer herself to a man uh, in return for payment to offer sexual services, uh, but uh, to run a brothel is illegal, and yet we've got lots of brothels in Western Australia. And when the police have attempted to prosecute, the brothel owners say, no, 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 we're not running a brothel. We're simply renting rooms to girls, and uh, they just pay us half of what they earn. Uh, and the magistrates, unfortunately, have bought that lie. And so police have just said, it's, it's all too hard, and they only involve themselves if they believe there are... Uh, human trafficking victims, you know, those people are kept there against their will, or if they believe the children or underage people might be involved. Uh, apart from that, they kind of turn a blind eye to it, which has uh, led to a, quite a proliferation of prostitution in uh, in Western Australia. 
And when you recognise that buying and selling women and girls as a commodity might just be a little difficulty when we talk about human dignity, pretty hard to fight for human dignity when legislators on both sides are turning a blind eye. Yeah, look, I absolutely agree. And I think that uh, that's what I think is so good about this Nordic approach Uh, to dealing with prostitution, it actually makes it an offence to purchase or attempt to purchase sexual services. So basically it goes after the guys rather than the women. Because one of the problems with uh, legislation where uh, all aspects of prostitution are criminalised, it's so much easier for police to actually prosecute women because they're advertising themselves or whatever, um, whereas to... Um, to prove that a man actually engaged in prostitution, they actually have to prove that uh, yeah, sexual interaction took place. And that's very difficult for police to do. So it's much easier to go after the women. And uh, so historically, um, women have been on the uh, prosecution end of these, these laws, when in actual fact, the Nordic approach, which was uh, enacted in Sweden, Sweden pioneered that in 1999, It was actually not driven by Christians at all. The church was uh, conspicuous by its absence in all of this. It was actually driven by the uh, radical feminists because they said prostitution is not about a woman's right to sell her body, but it's actually about men with money exploiting vulnerable women. And when you actually think about it, they were spot on. Spot on. And uh, when you've got women who'll stand up and say enough is enough, I guess that you could say uh, is a good thing, even if it's coming from people coming from a radical feminist approach. But listen, let's talk about this Nordic model because you've travelled the world. You've seen where this model has worked in some nations throughout Europe and I know there's a number of nations that have adopted it now. What difference does it make on the ground when you have the Nordic model in place and legislators are happy to have a major change of heart on how they approach prostitution? Well, basically what happens is is that there's a massive decline in the demand for prostitution and um, because basically the guys are too scared to uh, seek the services of a prostitute because of the chance of getting caught Um, because it's quite easy for police to actually uh, get prosecutions of the guys because it's not only that the law says purchasing or attempting to purchase and uh, so all the police have to do is actually to get the okay from a magistrate to tap a, um, uh, an advertised phone number uh, for prostitution uh, and uh, record the message and the numbers that it's coming from and whoever owns that phone is in trouble because they've attempted to purchase sexual services. So it makes the job of the police very, very much simpler. So... Um, and the, the decline in demand is the big thing and what they found was, and they had, the law wasn't actually introduced to reduce human sex trafficking, but the result of the legislation was there was such a drop-off in demand uh, for prostitution that human sex trafficking almost stopped completely because there's no point for organised crime to traffic women into a country if they can't sell the women. So prostitutes and pimps don't want a new law and a lot of men who are buying prostitutes don't want a new law. 
So is there some sort of organised activity that's trying to protect an industry as it is, even though it's at the expense of the dignity of women? Look, absolutely. I mean, there's so much money to be made in prostitution uh, that the sex industry is very vocal and very uh, articulate and they uh, they sell a story to journalists about how glamorous prostitution is and how much money they can make, and et cetera, et cetera. But when you actually, um, yeah, anybody who's worked with women in prostitution knows that it's just not like that. Um, yeah, prostitution is, is a very sad uh, situation for women to find themselves in. And uh, generally speaking, uh, women would would only go into prostitution because they feel there's no other way that they can survive. And that was the thing in Sweden. They did a big parliamentary inquiry into prostitution. And uh, the parliamentary inquiry actually interviewed about, I think it was 286 uh, women in prostitution. And every single one of them said the only reason they were doing it is because they saw no other way of surviving financially. And so the idea that women are doing this because it's empowering or whatever is a myth, uh, which is just simply not true. And so there, there is uh, Scarlet Alliance is one of the organisations that uh, tries to make prostitution sound as though it's an empowering thing for women to do and so on, but it simply isn't true. Peter, not another state election until 2021 in Western Australia, but you've got planned a number of events this year where you're wanting to draw people together to raise awareness of the need for change of laws in Western Australia and no doubt uh, when the laws change to actually enforce those laws. But you've had a number of meetings. You've already had one just a week or two ago. What happens at these meetings? What are you asking people to do when they come and uh, and uh, join forces together? We advertise them as human trafficking awareness evenings because everybody agrees that human sex trafficking is a terrible thing. And we provide information about what's happening human sex trafficking-wise around the world and also right here in Perth. Uh, and we... We do a presentation myself. I, I present what I've uh, found through my uh, overseas travel and the people I've met with and so on, and uh, from counselling women leaving the sex industry. Um, and uh, Lisa Olson, who is a Scandinavian human rights lawyer who uh, now lives in Perth, and uh, she saw firsthand the benefits of the uh, Swedish approach or the Nordic approach, uh, and she can speak from... Uh, her experience in Sweden, she speaks and addresses it and looks at the bigger picture. And um, generally, when we do the presentation, that motivates people to want to take action and to have that legislation introduced here in Western Australia. And so then we spent the, the last sort of 45 minutes of our meeting uh, encouraging people to write to their local MP uh, to ask them to give serious consideration to implementing this uh, approach to prostitution. And uh, we just have all the different MPs' um, contact details available and also, and also for their six upper house members. So they can actually write letters to seven uh, members of parliament that are there to serve them. And uh, yeah, people are very enthusiastic about doing that. And uh, we're going to work at lobbying the different MPs uh, to get them thinking about it 
so that hopefully in the next term of parliament we can get some some action. And interesting, actually, was about 18 months ago, two years ago, the um, the state conference of the Liberal Party here in Western Australia actually passed a motion uh, to urge the parliamentary party to seriously consider taking the Nordic approach as a policy position to the 2021 state election. So that was very encouraging. It was passed by about a two-thirds majority. So it seems to have uh, good support at the grassroots level of the Liberal Party. And uh, so we want to get some support on the Labor side as well, because we'd love to have a bipartisan approach to this. Well, I want to encourage listeners to be a part of those human trafficking awareness evenings in Perth, in WA, and no doubt people travel from surrounding areas to be a part of these evenings just to raise the awareness of what it means to change thinking when it comes to the issue of prostitution, to put an end to this human trafficking that degrades and takes dignity away from women. Let me encourage people to visit a website where you can find out the next meeting and the other dates that will happen through the year. I know the next one's coming up on the 3rd of April. It'll be at St Barnabas Anglican Church in Woolwich Street in Leaderville. There is the website that you can check on, and it's adoptnordicwa.org. Adoptnordic, N-O-R-D-I-C, wa.org Peter Abetz is secretary to the Adopt Nordic WA Inc. Peter, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. My pleasure. Thanks for hearing me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.